When getting to the end of an episode, we podcast hosts may be tempted to give too many calls to action, or we may sign off and neglect to give any at all. What's the right balance? And what are really good calls to action to include in our episodes? That's what we're talking about today. Welcome back to Podcast Launchpad. I'm Kelly. When I first started my other business podcast, Marketing Chat, I gave too many calls to action when I was signing off. Please follow this show. Check out my services. Leave comments on this episode's page on my website. Follow me on Instagram. You get the idea. This is really overwhelming for listeners, isn't it? If I gave you all of these CTAs when signing off, would you have any idea what I really wanted you to do? You wouldn't know which action I really wanted you to take, and you'd forget them all. You might be thinking about my Instagram when what I really wanted you to do was follow my show. And yet, maybe I do want you to follow me on Instagram too. I mean, we want our listeners to do all the things, don't we? What do we do? How many calls to action do we include in an episode? And what are the best ones to include? The golden rule for CTAs and podcasting is to have one real call to action. You want to be totally clear about what you want your listeners to do. You want them to remember it and you want it to make it, you want to make it super easy for them to take action on it. Now, asking listeners to follow your show is always an excellent CTA. And you can always include it in your sign-off, whether you're speaking it at the end of every episode like I do, or you have it in a pre-recorded outro. Now, if this is not your first episode with me, then you know that part of my sign-off includes be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. The part about so you don't miss a single episode explains the benefit of following the show. It's really important to highlight the benefit of doing your CTA, of actually taking action. The follow this show CTA is sort of a no-brainer. As I said, you can include it in your standard sign-off or in your pre-recorded outro. So does that mean that follow this show is your one and only call to action or that if you're going to say follow this show, that that has to be your one and only CTA? It can be, especially if your focus at the moment is to grow your show. You can go on to explain an additional benefit. The following helps other people find your show. That way, more people will access the information that you're sharing when more people follow the show. So you could say something like, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And when you follow, you're helping to get this information into the hands of more people who need it. So if you keep follow the show to one sentence during your sign off, then you can add one major call to action that you really focus on and highlight. So I'll give several suggestions for CTAs and where to put them. But first, let's discuss how to share them. Listeners need to want to take action. They need to remember your call to action and your call to action has to be super easy for them to take action on. For all of this to happen, you need to do a few things. First, 
you need to create desire in your listeners to take that action. Second, you need to use repetition so that your listeners remember your call to action. And third, you need to remove any barriers that make it difficult for listeners to take action. For creating desire, you need to elicit listeners' emotions and hit on their dream. You need to address a doubt or a drain, and you need to mention a benefit. And you need to do all of this without sounding salesy. <laughs> I know, it's a tall order. So if I'm promoting a lead magnet for a content calendar, I'd want to elicit the emotion of accomplishment and the dream of making content creation easy. I'd address the drain that content creation can be overwhelming. I'd mention the benefit that my content calendar helps you create 12 weeks of content in half an hour. And I'm saying all of this casually, but with excitement. For repetition, you'd want to use the same major CTA for at least one month. Using it for just one episode isn't enough. Now, an exception is when you have an episode-specific lead magnet, which I'll get into in a minute. You know from marketing in general that it takes a lot of repetition for people to remember a brand or whatever it is you want them to take action on. If you're releasing one episode a week, that's just four times that followers are hearing your call to action. And that's actually not quite enough. But it is much better than using the CTA in just one episode. So if you can keep it going for longer than a month, that's actually ideal. That's even better. So to make it easy for listeners to take action, you want to put a link, of course, to the call to action in your show notes. The link needs to be active and workable in podcast apps. Now, what do I mean by workable in podcast apps? If your call to action is for listeners to join your Facebook group, for example, and you're sharing the direct link to the Facebook group, that Facebook link in the podcast app is not going to open in the Facebook app. It's going to open the Facebook browser page in the podcast app. It's then going to prompt listeners to log into Facebook right within the podcast app. That is a massive barrier right there. I have no idea what my Facebook log is login is. And I'm not going to leave Apple Podcasts or if I'm maybe using Spotify on my phone to go look it up, to look up my Facebook login. That means I'm not going to join the group. If I happen to be listening in Apple Podcasts on my computer, then there's a better chance that I can actually get through to Facebook and join the group. If I'm on my phone, which is where I am 90% of the time when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm not going to be able to join the group. It would take way more extra steps for me to either remember the name of the group, go search it in Facebook, and it's just a lot. I'd have to really, really, really want to join the group to do all of that. So there is a workaround for this. There's a service called URL Genius. It creates a link that opens the Facebook app when someone clicks on your link 
and then bypasses the login login process. I mean, it doesn't log in for them. It just if they're already logged into the Facebook app, then it 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 ha- it, it it recognizes that. So it opens the Facebook app, and if they're already logged in, you know, it has them be able to log in more easily. So I put a link to that in the show notes. Now I haven't used URL Genius, but I've read about it, and it supposedly works beautifully. So I would suggest using that if you're going to put a link to a Facebook group. So make sure all of your links work in the podcast apps. This includes scheduling links, links to lead pages, your websites, whatever else you may be linking to. Since everything will open up in the podcast app, make sure that your website looks amazing on mobile devices. All right, that should be given anyway. But remember that even more so since people are clicking that link in the podcast app, and most people are listening to podcasts on their phones. You want your website to look awesome on mobile devices. Okay, now let's discuss what you use as your call to action. What are some great calls to action? One of the easiest things to promote in your episodes is a lead magnet. So this is something free, of course, something valuable, and something directly related to the content of your show or your services. Something that I've done is I've created episode-specific lead magnets for a few of my episodes. I promote the lead ag- lead magnet, tongue-tied today, <laughs> lead magnet just in those episodes. Now, this works well because the freebie is a tool that helps listeners employ the information that I give in those episodes, and the freebie enhances the value of those episodes. Now, of course, you can also promote your general lead magnet, and this you'll do for at least a month to get that repetition. To get even more repetition and reach more listeners, you could do this as a dynamic ad throughout all of your episodes, past ones and ones that are coming up. What do I mean by dynamic ad? This means that you don't mention the lead magnet when you record the episode. Why? What if your lead magnet changes one day? Because it will, right? It probably already has many times. If you mention it within the episode, okay, now, if it's an episode-specific lead magnet, that's different. Of course, you're mentioning it in the episode. I'm talking about a general lead magnet. So if you mention the general lead magnet within the episode, you'll have to make sure that that link and the lead magnet stay active forever. Otherwise, listeners who click on it in the future will get an error message or a dead page or whatever, and that doesn't look good. Now, you can keep the link active and just change out the freebie, but then listeners won't be getting what you promised in that episode. So here's how dynamic ads work if you aren't familiar with them yet. You record a tiny ad for the lead magnet. By tiny, I mean 15 to 30 seconds. No more than 30, all right? Think about yourself listening to podcasts when an ad plays. You don't want it to be any longer than 30 seconds, right? And even that, right? So keep it short. You upload it to your podcast hosting provider. Then you insert the ad across all of your episodes as a pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll. Then you easily remove completely, you know, just say no more ads, or switch out the ad in the future. 
So that means that the ad is taken out or changed from all of your episodes. It's not burnt into the episodes like it would be if you mentioned it directly within the episode. Okay, quick side note. If you use dynamic ads and ever decide to change podcast hosting providers, you will need to remove all the ads and refresh your feed in Apple Podcasts and wait for the feed to be updated to remove the ads before you move to a new podcast hosting provider. If you transfer to a new host while the ads are still there, they will be burned into your episodes with the new provider. Then you have to go in manually and upload your original episodes all over again. Remember that. <laughs> there is no reason not to do ads, but you have to keep that in mind before migrating to a new podcast host in the future. Okay. What is the best place to put an ad? Pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll? So pre-roll is the easiest because it gets tacked on at the very beginning of the episode. You don't have to figure out where it goes, and it's just right there before the episode starts. Listener hits play, ad starts, then episode starts. But y'all know this. I'm going to put myself in there as a listener. We all tend not to like to hear an ad as soon as an episode starts. You know, when we hit play, we really don't want to hear an ad. I mean, we're kind of used to it now, right? Because that's what so many people do. But I tend to hit that skip ahead 30 second button when I hear an ad right away. So if you do a pre-roll ad and it's 30 seconds long, fine. People will just skip it and they're not going to hear your stuff. If your ad is less than 30 seconds, which is much better, maybe they will listen and they'll hear it. When, But if they don't listen and they hit, hit skip 30 seconds, they're going to miss part of your intro, whether it's an actual intro or a clip from the episode, whatever you do at the very beginning, they're going to miss part of that. All right. Post-roll is also easy because it just gets tacked on at the end. You don't have to decide where it goes. But it's pretty useless, right? I mean... Do you listen through all the way to the end? Like when I'm signing off, do you listen when I say that's it for today? Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. See you next time on the podcast Launchpad. Do you listen to every word then? Do you hear my music at the end? Did you know that I do not have a pre-recorded outro? That it's just my music? Because I don't want to waste any words during a pre-recorded outro? because I know that people don't listen. You probably did not know that. Because if you're like me, you pick up your phone and you find the next episode you want to listen to of, of my show or someone else's show. Some people let their podcast app keep playing. Next show, next show, next show on just autoplay. Most people don't do that. So if you use an ad as a post roll, most people won't hear it. So something to consider it consider. Mid-roll is the best chance for listeners to hear your message because we aren't likely to pick up the phone and hit forward 30 seconds in the middle of an episode, right? We're busy doing something else. We're driving, we're cooking, we're cleaning, we're, we're doing whatever. We're listening. No big deal. It's, it's going to play. I mean, we may not love it, but it's going to play. But mid-roll is the hardest place to put an ad. If you didn't leave a pause in the middle of your episode, 
you run the risk of the ad dropping in mid-sentence, which of course is really jarring for listeners, right? So you could do what Diane Wingert does at the Driven Women Entrepreneur Podcast. She records a spot in the middle of her episodes where she says something like, let's pause for a moment so I can bring you this message. Then she drops her ad in there at that exact spot. And it's a self-reported, self-recorded ad to promote one of her services. It works really well. The ad is short and it does not feel obtrusive. All right, again, pre-rolls are the easiest, run the risk of listeners skipping them, post-rolls easy, most listeners will never hear them. Mid-rolls are most effective, but hardest to find a place to insert them. Now, you do not have to do ads at all. So this is, I'm sorry that this is briefly sounding like it's an episode on ads. I'm going to do that eventually one day. You do not have to use pre-rolls, mid-rolls, post-rolls at all to share call to action. I'm just putting them in there as an option because to get that repetition over time, that is the easiest way to do it. Because when you do an ad, even if you wanna go ahead and do it as like a pre-roll, don't do a post-roll. So if you do it as a pre-roll, absolute easiest, you're getting that repetition over, the, over all of your episodes. You know, I'll have people listen to more episodes than I put out every week. So on any given release date, listeners are listening to more than just that one episode that went out. So when you do an ad, people have a chance to listen to it more than, so that's how you're getting that repetition, right? Because if you just mentioned the call to action on Monday's episode, well, what about the people who listened to last Monday's episode? right? They missed it unless you have an ad in there. Okay. All right. Let's go back to what else you can use as a call to action. You can invite listeners to a free discovery call. So this is also pretty easy because it's free. Now you'll need to talk about your the emotional why for doing the call with you, the, the why that the listener would want to do the call with you, not your why, their why. And again, don't be salesy about it, but listeners will need a good reason for wanting to get on the call with you, especially if it is a discovery call. They know that those are sales calls. Even if you're saying, hey, it's just a free call, I'll be giving you however much advice, blah, blah, blah. They know where it's leading. They know it's part of your funnel. So give a very good reason why they should do it with you. What emotion and dream are you eliciting? What drain or doubt are you addressing? And what will they get out of the call? You can invite listeners to join your Facebook group, your clubhouse room or house, or some other free group that you run. Again, free is great and it's easy. Play up what they're getting out of joining. Just because it's free doesn't mean that they're automatically going to want to join it. I am a member of so many Facebook groups. I recently had someone invite me to one. Now, she did it very badly. It wasn't through a uh, podcast. It was she friended me and then first message to me was, here, join my Facebook group. Please don't do that. <laughs> Y'all know not to do that. Give it some time. But I just flat out told her. I said, I'm a member of too many other groups. She, If she had taken the time to get to know me, so this is a tip. Y'all are all entrepreneurs. If she had given, if she'd taken the time to get to know me, 
found out what I'm doing, cared about me, showed interest in me, and figured out if I was actually the right fit for her Facebook group, then I would be more likely to join. The fact that she friended me and immediately tried to sell me into her group, absolutely not. I didn't even check out what the group was about. It was an automatic no, and I was polite in telling her it was because I was already a member of too many other groups. So, okay, that's aside from podcasts. <laughs> Let's get back to podcasts and CTAs. All right. You can invite listeners to join you on an Instagram Live, a Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or any other live stream you're doing. These are also easier because they're free. Biggest downside is that they are time-based. So if you're going to run an ad for these, you'll want to be sure to remove or change the ad as soon as the event is over. So I would have another ad ready to drop into its place. As soon as the live is done, go in there and switch it out. Boom. It just takes a moment. You're done. You can invite listeners to a free or paid webinar. Again, you'll need to focus on the emotional why of attending and what they'll get out of attending. So the drain or the doubt and the benefits. Again, if you use an ad, remove or change it as soon as the webinar is done since it is time-based. And finally, you and there are others. These are the ones I'm suggesting here. I'm sure you can come up with plenty of other calls to action on your own. But for here today, you can promote one specific service that you're offering. Now, the service, of course, really needs to be related to the content of your show. It doesn't have to be directly related to a specific episode, though you can certainly do that. You can do an episode that is tied to a service, then promote a service toward the end of that episode. Make sure it does not come across as an infomercial, right? You know that. You would hate listening to an infomercial that is directly guiding you to, you know, some specific service that is based on that as well. You know, basically a half hour infomercial toward, you know, joining some big group, right? Okay. Oh, let me mention guests. When you have a guest on, their website, book, podcast, whatever they promote is your major call to action for that episode. So unless you're running an ad, you don't want to mention any call to action of your own, except for be sure to follow during your sign off. So you can still keep your ad in there if you're using ads. So this is one of the reasons I brought up ads today. Just don't mention any of your other calls to action, again, except for follow the show at the end. So, you know, if you have been promoting a lead magnet or a service during the rest of the month, and now you've got this interview going on. Okay, let me retract that. I, I just thought of this. Let me retract that. If you have already been promoting it for a few weeks, let's say a service, then you could say, and remember, I'd, I would do it that way. I would say, remember that I've got this blah, blah, blah. Just spend two or three sentences on it, sentences on it. Be very, very brief about it. And again, use that word remember so that they can refer back to those other episodes. So it's not like you're bringing this up for the first time. If you're interviewing a guest, you do not want to introduce a new call to action. That's what I should have said. 
don't introduce a new call to action of your own because the guest is the focus of that episode, of that interview episode. Okay. You may continue, may, you know what I mean. It's okay to continue an ongoing call to action. It's not cool to introduce a new call to action during an interview. The guest is coming on there expecting that you're going to promote them, even if it is just a link to their website or a mention of their podcast or a mention of their book, whatever it is that they're known for. So if you pull out and say, hey, wanted to let y'all know I just launched this group and you know this, this paid community and I really want to get y'all into it, blah, 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 blah. It totally detracts from the whole interview and it just doesn't look good in general. So keep something that you've been doing. Don't introduce anything new. All right. What about putting links to your calls to action in the show notes? Can you overwhelm listeners with too many links? Yes, you can. But you've got to put links to other episodes that you mentioned, for example. So you've got to include the link to your lead magnet or the scheduling link, link or group or live stream or webinar service, whatever it is that you're mentioning, you have to have those links in there. You have to have, again, the, if you mentioned other episodes, you have to put those in there. So what do you do? All right. So first you can listen to episode 55, the show notes debate on whether you should have all the links show up in the podcast apps or just put them on the episode page on your website. So there are a couple ways you can do that. I've done it both ways. And personally, as a listener, I love having all the links in the podcast app. So I tend to do it that way more for y'all. Put all the links right in the app. When it comes to call to action, calls to action, putting the links in the podcast app removes a step for listeners to take action. If the only link you're sharing is the one to the episode post on your website, that's an extra step and requires for listeners to search through all the links again on that page. So here's a recommendation. When you have your major call to action that you really want listeners to do, have exactly two links in the podcast app. First is your call to action link. And the second one is the link to your website with the label for all the sh for full show notes and resources. Click here. So the two links that show up in the podcast app, just the call to action, and you label that with the action you want them to take. So that would be join the Facebook group here or for more information about blah, blah, blah course or whatever it is that you're promoting, click here. And then the other link is to the episode page on your website. And again, that would read for full show notes and resources, click here. That's the phrasing for full show notes and resources, click here. So when you have just those two links, it is very, very clear to the listeners, what action you want them to take. 
because it's just the one call to action right there. And the other one is very clear that there are more links. They just have to click to go get them. So you still have all the links for them. You're just not overwhelming them by putting them all in the podcast apps. You're putting them all in the full show notes on the episode page on your website or whatever website you're using, pod page. So then that link would be there. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I know this is a lot. There's a lot to think about with calls to action, how you do them and what they actually are. And then, as we just said, how you share them. It is a lot. All right, so I hope that this has been helpful. Thank you for being here today. Please be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode and so that we help other people find the valuable information in this podcast. I will see you next time on Podcast Launchpad. Mm-hmm.